0: Let's open in prayer. Father, we worship you and praise you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, Father. You're so good. You're so good. I ask, Father, that you are with us for this next part of this morning as you've been with us for the last hour and a half of worship. Lord, we love you. We invite your Holy Spirit to this place. I ask that you take my mouth. It belongs to none other. That you do what you want. That you speak what you want. I don't know what people need. You do. You know what they need to hear. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. During worship, and for those of you online, you'll you'll notice, or at least the live people, you'll notice that we're getting started about a half hour later. Uh, Worship this morning was just so good. And I can't wait. It's just a few weeks out. A few weeks out, and we're going to be live with the whole thing. Okay, maybe just a hair longer than a few weeks, but (laughs) it's going to be really close. We've got all the equipment, now we just have to figure out how to use it. But it's going to be so nice when we can be live the whole time, and people don't have to worry about missing anything. I'm just excited about that. I'm, because one, one thing we don't worry about here at Ignition, we don't, we don't worry about times, we don't worry about schedules, uh, when it comes to, you know, within a, a service or anything. It is our desire, our whole heart's desire to let the Holy Spirit move. And just that. Just that He move. So, it, did it pop off? It's sideways. It it sideways. Okay, that's okay. I'm gonna just keep going. You can fix it whenever you want. <laughs> Doesn't matter to me. I want to read something because this is really for ignition, anyways. Um, when I was speaking with the Lord, and and some of us were with him, and. I was asking about this woe because this woe is over as of Friday at 6.30. By the way, I can tell you for a fact, Abaddon and his horde are no longer roaming. They are back in the hole in which they started. And that five months is over with. The testing part of that was really critical for ignition, and we've talked about that but I want to I just tell you what the Lord said about that. He said, those that have believed and have been faithful, I am proud of. During this reprieve, distractions will come. Recognize, and, and I've said it before, that there will be a time period be, between the first woe and the second woe. There will be a time period, this, this reprieve, if you will. But this... Time is a time of proving out. It's a time of making actions from the faith statements that we have made. Right? So it's, and and by the way, guys, get used to this. This is life, this is what relationship with Jesus is all about. It is always moving forward, it is never intended to stay stagnant. So when we come to a place in our lives where we make we make decisions, you know, the Holy Spirit is impressing on us or speaking to us about doing something, we make that decision to do it. Guess what happens next? It's the testing. It's the literal proving out of the decision that we just made. So many have made decisions during that past five months of stepping out, of, of living for Christ, of doing whatever it is that he was talking to them about. They've made decisions to do that. This reprieve is for proving out those decisions. Remember, walking in the decisions, as it talks about in James, walking out those decisions is more important than making the decision in the first place. Because you can make the decision and then not do it. And it makes that decision void. Does that make sense? Right? The, the parable that Jesus taught about the two sons who said, yes, I'll go work in the field, and then he doesn't do it. And the other one said, no, I will not go work in the field, and then he does. Jesus said, which one was right? Well, the one that went and actually did it. See, it's not just what we say. It's not just the decision that we make and say, Yes, Lord, I will step out and I will follow you. It is the actual follow-through. Follow-through. Any Anybody in here, like, grew up with sports of any kind at all? Okay, because I'm sure it applies to all sports. In, in tennis, I'm not a great tennis player, but, but maybe there are some tennis players here. Okay. Same thing in, in baseball. Same thing in football. A, a kicker. What happens? When you go to kick the ball, when you go to swing at the ball, what's the most important part? It's the follow through. Right? It's not that initial impact because if your mind is only going to that initial impact, that's where it stops. And then who knows where that ball's going. Same with a kicker. If, if you go and you just like that and just stop, Well, I mean, you might be lucky it'll go a few feet in front of you. It's the follow-through where the power comes. It's the follow-through that brings the goal, right? So our follow-through in faith, our choices of faith, that, yes, Lord, I'm listening, yes, I received that, yes, I will do it. The follow-through is where the power is. Not in the decision, but in the follow-through. So the Lord said, during this reprieve, distractions will come. What they learned, those who made these decisions, what they learned in the first woe, they will need to hold on to so they are ready for the next. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. And He is for you. He is for us. He is with us. He is not only there just to root us on, but to take our hand and walk with us. No matter where He takes us. No matter what we have to step into. It's important to understand that. And, oh my goodness, He is just so in love with His people. He is just so in love with His people. I could feel that even during worship and... and. I had a feeling this morning that it would go over because the, the, and go over for the sake of getting online, because it really doesn't matter. It could have gone another hour, another hour and a half. Because there is nothing more precious, nothing more special than corporately, in unity, spending time with the Lord. I don't know about you. That is my favorite place in the world to be. Just, I can imagine, it's no wonder we'll be doing that for eternity. Better get good at it now. If you're going to be doing that for eternity. So today we're going to talk about something a little different. Maybe something I've never spoken of before. This is going to be really weird for you guys. Very strange for me. We're going to be talking about this thing called relationship. (laughs) Right, okay. I'm kidding. No, if, if, if I ever skip a Sunday or a Tuesday or any time my mouth opens and I'm not talking about relationship, then something's probably wrong. You're not here. <laughs> right, I'm not here, right. No, we are going to talk yesterday in the gifts meeting, and thank you guys. Man, we had so many people at the gifts meeting, we couldn't even fit them in, in our house. Um, what a great time yesterday at the gifts meeting. Alexis brought up a couple of verses and, and when she went through one of them, and we, we just read through them, but the Lord said, reread that. Read it. Reread that. No, look closer. No, look closer. Dig in. Reread. Look closer. And I, I want to go into this this morning because there's something very important in this verse that we miss if we just read it, and we don't dive in. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 1. We all have heard these verses many times in the Word of God where it says the righteous will live by faith, right? So we're going to begin at verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel... Paul writes, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. In other words, to everybody who believes. For in it, and and let's pay attention to these words, for in it, in other words, in the gospel, in Jesus' life, death, burial, resurrection, And ascension in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Okay, we can, we could accept that. That's pretty, pretty easy to to accept and, and believe. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith, for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. The phrase he wanted me to keep reading and going over and diving into was from faith for faith. See, if you read real fast, you're just going to go through that and recognize, well, righteousness is through faith. Righteousness is just tied in with this idea of faith, of believing in what God said, and that's true. But what you miss, if you don't dive in here, is this is literally standing at the bottom of steps. And and I've used this illustration before, but, but you know how you go up each step. Each time you step up, you then have to get yourself balanced on that step and step up to the next. But each one takes you to a new level. That's how if you have a two-story home, you can live part of your life above the other part. You don't have to climb a rope up. You don't have to do anything else. You take these steps that takes the weight of who you are up this some eight feet. Right? Or really, it's more about 10, 12 feet. But, right? That's how you're taken up. One step at a time. It's no different by faith. See, faith does not just catapult you to the top of the steps. It can't. Because there would be no foundation for you to stand on up there. It has to take you upon each step, building upon itself, so you have this foundation under you. So when you're tested in that faith, you say, yeah, wait, 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 no, no, I know God said that, I know, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe that Jesus rose from the grave. I believe that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. Why? Because I've been tested in it. And I took that step. I was tried on that step. And I moved on to the next step. That became my foundation. Do you see what I'm saying? So I have the foundation of all these steps. Well, when it says... The righteousness, get this, the righteousness of God. We are to be righteous in Him. We talk about purity. We are not just to take on His righteousness so we could hang out with Him. We're not to take on His righteousness or like at salvation, we are placed in this blanket of Jesus' blood, of Jesus' righteousness. It, encompasses us for one reason and that is so when the father looks on us he does not see condemned sin doesn't mean there's not sin there oh my goodness please get that right people it doesn't mean that when you accept Jesus as Christ as savior you can no longer sin that is absolutely twisted scripture. Try and lie. Tell me if you can. If you can lie and you're saved, you have just proven yourself wrong. If you believe that a saved person cannot sin. now to most people, that's pretty obvious. Most people that are saved, they recognize that sin comes very easy to us. Just like it did before we were saved. It still takes a choice. A choice of believing God. And moving in His righteousness. Right? We are to become righteous from the blood of Jesus Christ. And from relationship with Him. All those barriers by the way, that are the unrighteousness. What is unrighteousness? What is sin? What does it really do? It builds a wall up between us and the Father. Between us and Jesus. Right? That's what sin does. It makes us unworthy of even their presence, of being in their presence. Our flesh cannot handle it. That's why they could not look on the Father. They would just die. Right? That's what happened when the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies. They'd tie a rope to his leg just in case. Oh, he was not righteous. Pull him out. We don't hear the the little twinkling of the bell anymore. Pull him out. I can only imagine if they got busy doing something... It's almost like they better shake their leg to let the, the the bell go off. Otherwise, they might be in the middle of something and get pulled out of there. I don't know. But for righteousness' sake, he builds our faith. That faith then builds upon itself. In other words, Christ takes that level of faith that we have have. Agreed to and have stepped in and lived in. And then he applies new opportunity for faith so you could step up again. Here, here's the key. Here's the key. And this is where so many people get in trouble. These are never ending stairs, guys. Never ending stairs. It never ends. There is not some plateau, some level of faith that you will reach here in this life to where, oh, now there's just like a barca lounger sitting up at the top and now you get to just rest because you've made it all the way up. No, when it's all the way up is when we see him face to face. Right? 1 Corinthians 13, when we see him face to face, we'll know completely... We will know why, because we see Him. Faith is no longer required. But until then, He will always give you steps. So it says that righteousness that is built in us is revealed from faith. Righteousness is revealed when we take the steps of faith. Right? So it's revealed from those steps for faith. Why? For the faith that is coming. So he gives us the steps to take right now, to have faith. So it will show that righteousness that he is building in our lives for the level of faith that he wants, that next level, that next step. If you are a Christian and you are not challenged in your faith all the time, I've got a difficult word for you you are not believing in what Jesus says. Bottom line, if you do not have your faith being challenged, then it's because you are not stepping out in faith. Because when we step out in faith, that faith is always going to be challenged. So many Christians think that the hardest part of faith, the hardest part of the Christian walk, is accepting Jesus into our hearts. You know, even when we evangelize, and it, I can evangelize, I know how we go to we go to Africa and we evangelize. I know how to do it. I am not an evangelist because it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. And I grew up in this atmosphere that, that the gold are those people that say yes and just invite Jesus into their heart. We'll worry about discipling them later. If they come to our church, which we need them to do, you need to come to our church, then, then we'll worry about discipleship because, man alive, we need them to give. And shame on those churches. Shame on them. Because it is it is not just about that evangelism. It is not just about that choice to receive Jesus into your heart. Now, yes, that is critically important because what you did is you were part of a life going from eternal damnation, eternal hell, to heaven. Praise God for the drastic difference. But do you know that's just the beginning of faith? It actually takes very little faith to believe that. Right? Romans talks about that. Even creation screams that there is one God. It doesn't take a whole lot of faith to believe in God. I know that's probably a tough statement. It doesn't take a whole lot of faith to believe that Jesus is God. It doesn't take a whole lot of faith to believe that God is the triune God. Right? The Trinity, three in one. doesn't take a whole lot of faith to believe that. How do I know that? Because the demons believe it. They know it. Why? Because they see it. Not like us that have to believe it by faith. They see it. You don't believe me? I know you do, but I'm saying that rhetorically. Um, let's see. Go to James. I talked about James earlier. Go to James. James chapter 2 talks about how faith is really nothing unless the faith is put to the walk. Okay? James chapter 2, starting at verse 18, says this. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I'll show you Faith, My faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. In other words, you believe there's one God. There's not all these idols, these little mini-gods running around. You believe there's one God. That's, that's so awesome. Congratulations. Guess what? The demons believe that too. Because they see it. They know. And yet, what is their reaction to it? Their reaction is they shudder. That's what the Scripture says. Why? Because they recognize not just that there is one God, but they recognize who He is. That He is God. That He is the very Creator. So it doesn't take much to believe that. If that's where your Christian walk ends in faith, you have been ripped off. You have been ripped off. In believing somebody who told you that's where it ends. You've become now a statistic or a number in somebody's church journal saying we had this many people saved this day and praise God we're doing His will. Thank you. Thank you for evangelizing. Shame on you for leaving it there. And by the way, there are people that are called to evangelism that are called like one of the greatest in history, Reinhard Bonnke. That that was his calling. He died, I think it was around the first of the year, right around there. His calling was evangelism. It wasn't his failure. It was the church's failure. It was others' failure to not come around those people. And to show relationship with Jesus Christ, show that that is just the beginning. You're you're just on the first step. You got you got so much ahead of you. You know, each step you take, you know, you can have a reaction in your mind. Oh, steps, that's tiring. I don't want to go up the steps. That's tiring. I, how many here played football? Okay. Whose sick idea was it to run the stadium steps? I just want to know. I want to know, because I would like the right to just slap them. Just once. <laughs> right. There you go. When you're, when you're standing at the bottom of the, the stadium steps and, and, and coaches like, "You've already done 20 of these, and, and coaches like, "What are you standing there for?" You're not done. You're not done until I tell you uh, that you're done. Yes, coach. Okay, now I can go again. <laughs> right? You run these steps and you think, I don't want to go up another step. How often do we feel that way with faith? Oh, I don't want to take another step out. I don't want to take another step of faith because I just know I'm going to be tested in it. And then I've got to deal with that. Wow, what a sad way to look at it. Because I'll tell you what, when I would get to the top of that stadium, the view was like nothing I could see from the bottom. Nothing. I remember the hardest thing I ever climbed up. Those of you from Colorado would know what I'm talking about. Errol, you've, you've probably been up it. I know, I know my dad. dad had. Um, was it called Devil's Head? Oh, what a perfect thing to preach on! <laughs> Devil Devil's Head Peak, or whatever it was, Devil's Head. You you, you climb up this. It was one of the fourteen thousand uh, foot high peaks. You get up to this level where where now it, it's just an insane hike, right? You're winded. There, first of all, there's no oxygen up there to begin with. Anyways, you get up there and it's this labor. Of love, we. I went a couple times. I went once with a youth group and praise God for youth leaders. <coughs> praise God for them because they really do not have normal minds. <laughs> they can't. They can't for the things that they choose to do. Praise God for them. But anyways, you, you get up there. It, it's It's hard enough getting up to the final point, but then the final point, it's like this incessant climb and And ridiculous thing. And and right at the top, you get up there after hours literal hiking. You're exhausted. You get up there, and there's this ranger station. And if it's a clear day, it is the most amazing views you'll ever see in your life. You get up there into the ranger station. You could look 360 degrees around forever. You see everything. I mean, literally, these rangers, they're, they they spot forest fires. That's what they do up there. You can see everything for miles and miles and miles and miles. You couldn't see that from the base. See, you can't see that as you build in face. You can't see that at the beginning. Each step is required to get a little bit higher, to get a little bit to where you can see a little bit more. It's just required that way. That's That's physics. It's simple. But yet, we don't understand sometimes that that faith is cost. I want to go back to where we were. From faith, for faith. From faith, for faith. From faith, for faith. Our our righteousness is proved from the faith that we step in and walk in. Literally for the faith that he wants to give us. That next step. Does that make sense? I'm going to do something really wild right now. And I'm doing it because the Lord told me to. So I will apologize right up front. But, I assume that the Lord has prepared you. Come on up. Yep, come on up. I want you just to tell us, the Lord will fill your mouth. Tell us about what it looks like to walk in faith.
1: First of all, I need a microphone. It's on. Is it? Yeah. Oh, you can hear me. Okay. Can't hear myself, apparently. First of all, um, well, it looks like this. It looks like standing up and just trusting the Lord. Um, hmm. I've been asking the Lord all morning about this. I, I did have a feeling that I would be up here, um. Walking by faith is, it is complete and total trust in the Lord. That, that's what it is. I, I mean, faith is believing something that obviously you don't see. It's believing something being spoken that doesn't necessarily have evidence or, or maybe even the fullness of credence to what you would, you would logically think. It, it kind of goes against the logic I mean, that's what we we really understand about faith. But it is trusting completely in in the Father. I mean, faith in the Lord. You can have faith in a lot of things. You can have faith in a person, and you just trust and believe what they're saying. You know, um, a, 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 an older sibling when you're younger. You know, trusting and just believing that they're saying, oh, yeah, no, no, you Come, come, look at this! It's really exciting. No, come here! And all the while, they've got a prank. You know, you're trusting and believing by faith that what they're saying is correct. Now, thankfully, in that example, that is um, that older sibling's not the Lord, and not showing his character in that moment. But it is it is complete and total blind faith in the Lord. And and when I say blind faith. I mean blind as in we're stepping into places and and making decisions that we don't understand and we can't necessarily see the end from the beginning of that step. But see, our Father does see the end from the beginning, and it's trusting in the fact that he knows all of this. And this isn't a new concept. Um, You know, that's very rudimentary for for many of us. But what what stepping in faith looks like... hmm, it's, to be really frank and honest, I, it, I can only speak in my own, it, my own examples. Um, what's, what stepping in faith looks like is trusting that when the Lord tells you to leave your entire life, to sell your house, to stop you know, particulars of work, quit a job, to <clears throat> go to a foreign country, And one that our U.S. government tells us not to. Um, That is is faith in believing that he has us in that. It's faith in believing that even when he tells you to go, but then doesn't tell you when. Still acting on that. Walking in faith is making the steps in preparation. It It is... Pouring your belief into that and, and, and following every step. See, the Lord, the Lord can give a word. He can prophesy. Um, he can tell you something about the future. And by the future, I don't mean like psychic ability. I mean he can prophesy about something he wants in your life, something that he wants um, to show you, something he wants to tell. I mean, as the Bible says, he doesn't do his thing without telling it to the prophets. That's not for you to strive towards. It's not your responsibility for that to come to fruition. It's not at all. It's your responsibility to choose, to to trust in that, to believe that, to pour your faith into that. But it is your responsibility by faith to ask the Lord daily, what steps do I take towards this? What do you want me to do today? Faith, stepping in faith looks like trusting the Lord when you have put your house up for sale and it is not selling. Trusting that he still has that. It's, it's believing a word even if circumstances point everything against it. Yes. Obviously, we look at the word of God and you have to be a Berean about this. You cannot just take a word. If, if you are taking a word... A, prophecy, a word given to you simply because it's being stated and it's being stated that the Lord says it. That, that's a mistake. It's an absolute mistake. Even to accept interpretations of things, it's a mistake. You have to have your own relationship with the Lord first and foremost. Amen. That is where I mean, literally, we we talked about it yesterday in the gifts meeting, but the Lord's word specifically to a group that got together and prayed the other night, where it is because of relationship that breakthrough happens. So it is because of relationship that we find these answers. It is because of relationship that we find these confirming evidences, these, these truths, these proofs in our life as we're walking, it's because of relationship. And it's not because I have a relationship with my wife. Now, in that example, I can find the proofs every day that she loves me. I can find the proofs every day of the things about her and about her character. I can't find the truths and things about God through my relationship with her. I find that through a relationship with God. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord, you're not going to find those answers. Period. I mean, that's just clear. You're not going to find those answers. You're going to be searching for the answer somewhere else, and that's why you have many that go out and search it in worldly things. Period. Because every single person true to the core, I don't care who you are, you're searching for an answer for something. You may not even know what the question is, but you're searching for an answer for something. When Allie and I decided to sell our house, trust the Lord in that. First off, This is an amazing step of faith, and I don't say that because I'm saying I have a lot of faith and stepped in faith. I'm saying it didn't um, didn't look so great in those times. It took months for us to go through. We moved along with the entire team. There were many others. So many stories I could get up here and go till four o'clock and tell all these stories of how God literally stands with us. He provides everything that we need. We just have to trust Him and have faith in all of that. When we decided to sell our house, we left, went to Nigeria, and we stayed there. We we moved there. We we moved into a compound. And all the while, my mortgage is due. my, my, My house is not sold. It's up for sale. People are looking at it, but it's not selling. And all the while, I'm just praying, Lord, I don't understand this. I don't get it. But you said... You've got this. You said you understand. You told me that I can sell my house and you would sell it. You told me that. You told me you've got me. So I just trust you. I trust you in all of it. And there was much criticism. Much criticism because to the world, to people who don't understand the things of faith, and they just don't get that, it's very reckless. It's reckless to, to behave like this. It's reckless to just abandon your responsibilities. It's reckless to, to do all of these things. The Lord would never do that. He would never ask you to just do that. And, and I'm just telling you, you got to check yourself. Check yourself. Read the Word of God. Ask the Lord. Because He does ask people to do that. He does ask people to do that. But He never asks people to do that and then abandons them. He never does. Ever. You show me one place, one time. that all, And I'd be willing to, to concede to it. But you won't find it. You absolutely won't find it unless you make it up. God is true to his word. One thousand percent he's true to his word. And we sold our house. We sold it. We were in foreclosure. Literally we were in foreclosure. To the point of it should have foreclosed. And all I can do is just trust the Lord. I'm not going to strive. I'm not going to go out and get 14 jobs when the Lord's not having me do that. I'm not going to go and try to figure all these things out humanly. The Lord said he's got me. And literally in the nick of time before the foreclosure process could happen, all of this COVID-19 stuff happened and it stopped a lot of things, as you know. It stopped a lot of things. So it, it gave a reprieve for a moment. And just in the nick of time there, my house sold, and every bit of the debt built up, every bit of the back payment, everything was paid off from the sale of this house. We sold the house for more than we bought it for by, by a long shot. And that that just was really strange to me. It, it was God. Amen. And I praise Him for that. And and I, I say all that to show a practical application of stepping in faith and believing in faith. But you see it all around you. You see, you see acts of faith in the Bible. You see acts of faith every day. I mean, it, it is it's faith every day to get up and just believe that you're going to make it through the day. It's faith to believe that you're going to make it through certain things. Everyone has faith. You are given a portion of faith. Allow God to grow it. Allow God to stretch it. Right now, I could certainly believe him for anything. I mean, he's done absolutely crazy things in my life. But walking in faith, believing by faith for something, it grows that. You can't give more faith than you have. You just can't. Try it. It's impossible. You can't give more faith than you have. You can, you can think hard that you just, I, I just believe harder, Lord. I just believe more, Lord. It doesn't, it's not possible. You can't do it. You're not the author. You're not the creator. You're not the giver of faith. You can't do it. And you're only apportioned what the Lord gives you. In order to put more in order to put more things into a vessel, you have to increase the size of the vessel. You have to shape and mold the vessel. Right, that's why I like the Potter's Hand song. We didn't sing it this morning, but we've sang it recently. Sang it recently. It's such a good song. The the new wine, great song. Make me into a vessel. Every time that you follow through with something, like for instance my house, I can, I can speak to me, when I made that decision to trust the Lord in His word, it took that faith, it took all the faith that I had, trust me, it took a lot of faith, and in that, once it came to fruition and that faith was fulfilled, I have more faith, I can tell you that, I How can you not believe the Lord can do something that he's already proven up to do? But I had to get to that step by faith. I didn't necessarily know whether he would do it or not because he hadn't done it yet. So by faith, I stepped to that point. He sells my house. Well, now, if the Lord tells me he's going to sell your house, absolutely. It's not even a question. It's not even faith at this point. I know he will. I know it because he's done it. Why wouldn't he? he? If he said it, he'll do it. Then you move on to the next thing. He's going to buy you a private jet. You know, whatever. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going to, he's going to raise your child from the dead that died. Why couldn't he? He's God. Why couldn't he? Why, why can't God do that? But it takes enormous faith. I haven't witnessed it myself. I see it in the Bible. I believe it. I have the faith to believe it. I've not ever seen it happen in front of me. So it's going to take that faith. But I I promise you, the moment that I do see it in front of me, that I have believed by faith to get to that point, and I do, and I know he will, we are going to see that. When we get to that point, I'm now going to be able to believe even greater. And that's what the Lord's called us to, is greater and more abundant things than even Jesus did. That's what he said. He said. What he said, his words, not mine, what he said. Walking by faith is truly trusting the Lord. Trusting the Lord, Mm -hmm. and you can't trust someone you don't have a relationship with. You build trust by your vulnerabilities. Nigeria team, we talk about it all the time. We talked about it so many times in Nigeria. The only way that we can build a strong relationship... With strong trust in one another is to be vulnerable and transparent and, and allow opportunities and entrust each other with portions of ourself we haven't given before and vice versa. And that's, if you're married, that's how marriage works. It's quite a bit more deeper than, than, than others. But it is by that trust and by that transparency that happens through relationship. And, and that's why it's, you know, it, it's hilarious, but it's so not funny. It's very serious. It is relationship. Greg could get up here on a Sunday morning and say, "Relationship, amen." Let's go on. Uh,
0: and, and I don't, you know,
1: I don't want to discredit the fact that we don't we don't dig into the word, but it is. If you if you wanted to bottle it all up into one word, it goes back to the very same thing that that um, we we were discussing. I mean, salvation, the evangelism and salvation is not the end all be all. It is vitally important as Greg said just a moment ago vitally important but I dare tell you that the Lord so much more cares about your relationship with his son Jesus so much more why is it that you think he would, uh, he would be more um, that he would desire more for you to utilize his son to gain something rather than to get to know him because he's awesome you know what I'm saying um, if I get to know someone and they have something to offer, I'm going to get it because I'm getting to know this person. They want to give it. But if I'm just going to this person to get what they're going to give, that's awesome and I get it. But then what happens? What does he get out of it? What does he get out of it? You know? I, I would dare tell you that the Father absolutely bar none, and I'm stealing his phrase, bar none, absolutely, would rather you have a relationship first and foremost than to focus solely just on the salvation. And it is important. Don't, don't hear my words incorrectly that it's not important. It's vitally important. Relationship is truly the key. It really is. Relationship and trust is what allows you to step and walk by faith. Period. You, you can't necessarily do that without those two things. Um, so that, that to me is, is what it is. <laughs>
0: So I want to leave you with a thought And by the way Relationship That's the whole reason he created us It's what he wanted with Adam and Eve That's what he had with Adam and Eve Before the fall What God lost in the fall was greater than our loss. Because it was his own creation that he could no longer have fellowship with. Think about that. Think about that. But I want to leave you with one thought and then I'm going to have Alexis come up. From faith, for faith. What in your life right now is challenging you in faith? What in your life is challenging your faith right now? Is there anything? Should be. If there's nothing in your life that is challenging you to move to the next step, guess what? You're staying on this step. Not moving forward. God will always challenge you in faith to believe something deeper in Him. He will always do it. If He's not doing it, there's something wrong. And and I'm not talking about the the little rest you may get after you just went through a huge faith step. he, He gives us a moment. In your life right now, is there something that is challenging you to believe the unbelievable, or believe for the unbelievable? And I'm tying it all still in with scripture. I'm not saying, "Well, yeah, I I, I believe that I could jump from here to the moon right now." Okay, you know what? Don't be stupid. Talking about. His word challenges you. If you are in it every day, if you are reading it at all, it will challenge you to believe things that don't make sense. Doesn't make sense that God, God who created us, would literally give him his own son to die for us. Doesn't make sense. Makes no sense whatsoever. It would make more sense To think that God would just wipe it out and try again. Makes no sense that he would do that. So see, just to be saved, he is asking you to step out in faith and believe something that doesn't make sense. But it doesn't end there. that's just the beginning. He wants our faith. He will challenge our faith every day because he wants us all to walk with him as Adam and Eve did before the fall. And as many did after that, like Enoch. Those who were pleased, who pleased God's heart. Alex, come on up.
2: Thank you, Michael, for sharing um, your testimony. We I was just, before I pray and close, um, just thinking about how wonderful it is that in these steps of faith you get to know who God is. Um, The first time I went to Nigeria, and, and other things, but that stood out a lot. I got to see the parts of God that I could never have seen in the bubble of my comfort zone. See, in the bubble of my comfort zone, I completely control it because it is my comfort that I created. And it is the place of leaning on my understanding and my intelligence that Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says not to do. But it gives you an opportunity to get to know things about him. That is the going through. And we were talking in the ladies' class this morning that God is the against all odds God. He is the God that that takes just the five loaves and two fishes and feeds 5,000, takes 300 men, to conquer a brutal midianite army. He takes a, a stuttering older man to lead millions out of bondage and captivity from Egypt. You know, he uses an older couple that were always childless and past the years of their ability to conceive gives them a son that was the beginning of being a father of countless descendants. He he's always the god of the impossible. Why? Because he needs to show us who he is. He delights in showing us who he is. Michael and Allie got to discover that God, when everyone would say, it is too late, abort the mission, get home, deal with your junk, your responsibilities. God's the God in the 11th hour that says, look, I need to bring it to the brink to show the greatness of my glory. Because, see, he can sell a house. And and by that example, that, that might not even take a lot of faith. But to sell a house that's not selling where debt is building and building, so God gets greater glory for that because it becomes the impossible of the hard. And that's the kind of God that he wants to show us. It's not a sadistic side of his character to just put us through a little bit more hell so we're on the brink of just misery. It's no, I want to take things to the edge of the human realm norm to show you that I don't live in that realm. I don't, I'm don't. i not even part of that realm. And, and everything about me is outside of that. My ways are higher. My thoughts are higher. But faith without the works, as James tells us, to step out will not allow us to see who God is, like that beautiful example Greg gave of the view. When we come up higher... We have a broader view of all things, the 360 degree, not because of our greatness, but because of the wisdom of God that grows within us by faith. We have this view that we can see, we can discern, we can see pitfalls coming, we can see the forest fires beginning further away, so that when it's the young lion and the adder okay, that comes our way that Psalm 91 talks about, We are protected. The snare of the fowler is seen by the wisdom of God through the discerning of the spirit realm that he gives through his Holy Spirit. Faith is, it's scary, it's ominous, but it's beautiful because it's the way to access the greatness of God. And so many people are singing great is our God in their worship time before church and never living in a way that allows the greatness of God to invade who they are and enjoy what that greatness really means day to day. And God has shaken in his mercy. He has shaken our lives in the last five months. And and when Greg said the woe is over, he's not talking about circumstantial. The battle rages. Yeah. But there will be a shift in the spirit to where there won't be so much pressure that you feel like you can't escape. But in his mercy, he's brought things to the brink he's brought things to the end of what we can now count on as normal and and i do want to just super quick for just one minute tell you this little story that's a childlike story but it's 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 quick i promise this spider had a fabulous web i heard this this last weekend in a message and if you by chance happen to have heard the message it was just by an evangelist this this spider had a fabulous web in a cornfield and this spider had been there a long time and just was enjoying the, the benefits of what flew into the web. That I mean, this, this spider was getting fat and happy, loved to eat. And one day, the spider caught a fly, and the fly realized it wasn't going to get away from the web. And the, you know, the spider was expecting that, yes, this is just another meal. This is, you know, this is what I, this is what I get because my web is fabulous. It's huge. And the, and the fly said, Miss Spider, please, please, I, I, I'm pleading for my life here. What if I could, what if I could tell you something in exchange for my freedom? What if I could tell you something that might save your life? If you just save my life, I'll give you information that might save your life. And this intrigued the spider. And she said, okay, I'll bite. Go ahead, tell me. He said, I've been flying over this cornfield, and I'm telling you, there's a farmer with a plower, with a plowing machine that's coming and coming quickly, and it's about to plow this field down, and you're no longer going to have the safety of your web. You're going to have to change where you live, change your life. If you want to continue to enjoy the benefits of all this food that flies into your web, I can tell you I've seen this, and it's coming. And the spider said, what? That is crazy. Do you know how long I've been here? Do, I have been here since the corn was barely growing out of the ground. Like, I know. I, I've been here. I've built my life here, and that is never going to happen. That is nonsense. That is a conspiracy theory. I reject it.
0: <laughs>
2: and the spider went ahead, ate the fly. And wouldn't you know it, that plow did come the next day and took apart the spider's world. And do you know that that's what's happening now? The fly had access to a view that was higher, that could see beyond the stalks of corn in the comfort zone of where that spider lived, and was giving the warning. And those in the remnant of the bride are connecting with the heart of the Father, that God is showing them through his prophets, look, look, the time is coming when you can no longer work. The time is coming when you can no longer believe. Are you going to believe me? Because I'm giving you a glimpse right now, and it will continue, you'll continue to see it, where the world that you thought you could count on, the way that government works, the way that the freedoms in this nation work, is not always going to be what you think it is. Are you going to believe me? Are you going to believe that you've got to make changes in order to save your very life. That is where we are now. But it takes faith to believe that. It takes faith to believe that. Don't be an ignorant spider. Amen. Let's pray. Amen. Father God, we love you. God, we praise you. We thank you. We thank you for the mustard seed of faith. So interesting you've said mustard seed. The smallest seed. Seed that has the greatest potential of massive growth in the, in the very plant that it produces. And yet you give each of us this measure that if we even just work from there and allow you to do what that mustard seed contains within it by faith, oh, what you can do with the fruit of our lives, and you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in his season, you say in Psalm one, Psalm chapter 1. God, we want to produce these things. We cannot, like Michael said, we can't just think harder and and be better and muster something up within ourselves in a place of striving. It has got to be in absolute repentance and surrender to you, to your ways. So that each step, as you show us more of your love, of your power, of your grace, of your mercy, of just the the waterfall of the attributes and characteristics that are you, God. We have the faith and the strength to believe you for the next step. And then what we learn there, we can believe you for the next step. And what we believe you there for, we can believe you for the next step. Oh God, what a great ride. What a great journey. But in and of ourselves, we are nothing apart from you, God. We can do nothing. As you said in the Gospel of John, Father, I just pray that we would give you a chance, Lord, by stepping further, not just resting on being justified, but as Paul said, to work out your salvation, not work for it, work it out. Because it's beautiful, the rewards that you want to give. You are a rewarder of those that diligently seek you by faith. Thank you, God. Thank you for that. We love you. And God, I pray that you'd strengthen us today and encourage our faith because of who you are. Not because of what we are experiencing, but because of who you are. You are the rock upon which we stand. And we love you so much. Drive this word home today. In Jesus' name, amen.